What is the long-term plans for Jake Irvin? I'll discuss next on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Hello and welcome in to this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Take $20 off your first ticket purchase when you use my promo code TalkNats at SeatGeek.com. That's promo code T-A-L-K-N-A-T-S for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Yes, that works on Commander's Tickets, Wizards, Music, Comedy, Theater, all $20 off at SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. So in today's episode of the Talk Nats podcast, we talk about Jake Irvin, a pitcher that started in spring training with the Nationals. Ultimately, I don't think there was ever any big hopes of him being in the starting rotation, but based on injury... He found his way onto the lineup. You know how the saying goes, one man's loss is another man's gain. That was true uh, for Jake Irvin, and uh, it was a bit of a bumpy ride, suffice it to say, uh, for his uh, time with the Nationals this last season. He was a fourth-round pick in the 2018 draft. The good thing about him, though, is he is on the cheap. Uh, his 2023 salary is $720,000, so not too bad. And, and let's face it here, the Nationals are, in the middle of a rebuild uh, they're trying different pieces to see what works but all things considered I think that a lot of the different players including Jake Irvin that got their opportunity they made the most of them so I think that that is ultimately what uh, helped him out like I said, he did practice with the big team this spring, but I don't think anyone had him slated to be playing for the Nats. Chad Cool's injury provided him an opportunity to prove himself. It was just supposed to be a short-term thing, but he impressed early and hung around. He really impressed in the second game on May 8th in San Francisco, where he threw six and a third scoreless innings and showed uncommon poise for a guy uh, that didn't have a lot of experience. So, I mean, he played like a guy that had a great pedigree uh, like a guy that had a long history in major league baseball and i think that ultimately that is what endeared him to the nationals uh, when he started he impressed early and uh, that was the big thing for him um, kind of you know came out of left field to use a baseball term i don't think anyone had uh, him pitching for the nationals as a bright spot out there um send him back down to the minors they just let him uh, work on his game and i think that was the biggest thing if we take a look at it, well, he had struggles that didn't demote. They didn't demote him. He just worked on his mechanics. He was skipped in the rotation for a bit, but found his way. And I think that ultimately he found his way because there wasn't a great option behind door number two. The other pitchers that were in the Nationals farm system are a bit raw. They're not really ready for prime time. So I think that ultimately they saw some intrinsic qualities in Jake Irvin. And ultimately that is how he found a spot on this team. 
And if you take a look at it from there across his next 15 starts, he delivered a 3.59 ERA and a 1.234 whip, shockingly establishing himself as the team's most consistent, reliable starter despite his inexperience and lack of pedigree. That was the assessment of Mass in there, and mine as well. The season didn't end well for him, though. Irvin lost his final two starts, totaling only seven and a third innings while watching his ERA jump from 4.34 to 4.61, and when he admitted his right ankle was bothering him, the Nats placed him on the 15-day IL and shut him down with a week and a half remaining in the regular season. And that's going to be an interesting thing for him is what kind of uh, spring training does he have with the Nationals? Uh, Again, I think that he is working uh, his way into the lineup. Is he the long-term answer for the Nationals on the starting rotation? I don't ultimately think that he probably is, I guess. But if there's one thing that he has done is he has impressed. So, I mean, I would love for him to prove me wrong and just continue to kill it and play a big role. Lord knows the Nationals are going to need some pitching options next season. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about what the plans are for him in 2024. Where do I see him fitting? I'll talk about that next. Gentlemen across the nation, I have an urgent message for you. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the ultrasphere, introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting-edge design and next-generation dual-skin-safe blade heads for different shaves. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with a brand Brand new the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MINUTECAST. High tech for low places, Manscaped. Every man knows how scary it can be when going for a close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. I'm lucky to be one of the first to try the new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, and to say it's a game changer is an understatement. Manscaped. Fifth generation trimmer features two next gen interchangeable skin safe heads, a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go over that smooth finish whenever your heart desires. Taking it on the go, Manscaped has you covered. This puppy comes with a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering or weird looks in the airport. This right here is the cutting edge of cutting pubes. Upgrade your ball trimmer and your life will follow. Get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code M-I-N-U-T-E-C-A-S-T at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough. It's time to go ultra with Manscaped. Hello and welcome back into this edition of the Talk Nats podcast simulcast on the Believe in Nationals podcast feed a part of the Believe Podcast Network. So in this episode, we are talking about Jake Irvin, a kind of an unexpected, pleasant surprise, all things considered. Again, like I talked about in the first segment, a bit of a bumpy ride. Uh, But I think that when he was dialed in, he played very well. But then when he struggled, well, like a lot of players, he really struggled. Uh, They will need him to pitch. I don't think the expectations will be the same as they are with 
Gray, Gore, Cavalli, etc., but he won't be able to just put his time in. They will need him to pitch consistently. And uh, who is one of those players that just puts his time in from time to time is Patrick Corbin. Again, I'm having a hard time assessing Patrick Corbin. Uh, one moment, I think he's one of the worst pitchers in Major League Baseball. And then he'll come out for a couple starts and just totally nail it. Uh, so I would say that Patrick Corbin is inconsistent. They don't need a couple pitchers on this team that are in that are inconsistent. I understand that pitchers are going to win and lose games, but if we can have a pitcher that wins more than they lose, that would be important. Irvin was most effective when throwing his four-seam fastball and curveball. Opponents hit just .201, and he slugged just .436 off the former only, .197, and .362 off the latter. So, it's about him trying to integrate and having a good pitching arsenal, many options to choose from. Many pitchers in Major League Baseball are, you know, uh, single dimensional. You know, they don't have a lot of different pitchers they can rely on. They have some good pitches, but then ultimately most of them they struggle with. Irvin threw his sinker nearly as much as his four seam fastball, but the results didn't compare. Opponents hit .354 and slug .551, most likely because he struggled with location. Uh, so that was a pitch that I think that if he could work on the mechanic, something to work on in spring training that he could incorporate and effectively throw a sinker. Uh, it is an effective pitch if you know what you're doing. Most trust his changeup, which he only threw 5% of the time, would help Irvin fully develop as a starter as well if he can incorporate those pitches and truly feature a four-pitch repertoire. Uh, that was a piece there in Mass. And so I agree that he does have a future on this team. Uh, again, a long-term solution, that I'm not so sure of. I do think that this is a team that's rebuilding. I know that for sure. But it's going to be interesting to see what kind of team this, this Nationals team is going to be with Mackenzie Gore, Cade Cavalli, Josiah Gray, uh, Adone, uh, Williams, whoever is going to end up being in the, on the starting rotation. I ultimately think they should go out and try to pick up a veteran starter. Um and what is one of the things that we know for sure is they have, you know, a stockpile of outfielders, draft picks, and, you know, there's not going to be room for all of them. I think if they could go out and get a really top tier starter to help hold down uh, the starting rotation, that would be big. Uh, the same thing goes for the bullpen as well, is they are lacking that one identity starting pitcher. You know, think back to a Max Scherzer. Uh, think back to a Steven Strasburg, a guy whose name is kind of the face of the starting rotation. The Nationals really don't have that. They have, you know, pitchers that might fit that bill in coming years, but as of right now, I don't think they do. You know, Josiah Gray could be that, but he struggled towards the end of the season. He worked on his mechanics and his delivery and found success. It was a bumpy ride for him. If you remember, he started well, played the All-Star game, and then struggled for several starts after that, finding his way towards the end. Of course, you have Mackenzie Gore, the guy that stuck in his head a little bit too much, the perfectionist, and Kate Cavalli, whose season was cut short, uh, but we expect to see him. I think June was the projection for next year. Again, there are a lot of moving pieces, but if the Nationals could have an identity starter again like a Max Scherzer like a Steven Strasburg that kind of anchors it down uh, that would be a big thing and if you think of this team you know not so many years ago they had that 
where they had multiple uh, different really great quality starting pitchers that you could count on veterans. Uh, the difference now is, is that this is a team in rebuild and you don't have a lot of veterans just based on the fact that it's a rebuild. You have a lot of raw talent, a lot of maybes. Uh, you know, Cade Cavalli might be the answer for the Nationals in coming years. We don't know. Same thing goes for the outfield. A lot of unproven talent. You know, Dylan Cruz played rather well in minor league baseball. Uh, how is that going to translate to major league? James Wood, same thing. On paper, this team seems like it's going to be stacked for years to come. I ultimately believe it is going to be the case. I guess the biggest question that I have is how long will it take for them to achieve their objective? Again, I don't want this team uh, to be wandering out in the wilderness for years. I think that you know my hopes for them as someone that covers this team is that they will be good in two to three years. But I expect to see improvement even next season, if we take a look at this past season versus the previous season, they had more wins. If they can, can uh, build on that, then I think that that would stand to reason that this team is going to be in a good position for years to come. But I do think that in time, you know, adding a veteran here, calling up some of these prospects, I think that on paper, as I record this uh, in October here, I'm pontificating here, I think this team is going to be one to be reckoned with. And I think, you know, a fall from grace from the World Series, but I, they're headed up the mountain in the right direction. And once they summit the hill, I think that things will get a lot easier for this team. And we can kind of put this rebuild behind us. All right. I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast and the Believe in Nationals podcast, and I will talk to you again next time.